I want to begin by sharing with you the importance of your imagination. We want to talk about the imagination and how important it is for you to have a vision of the things that you want. I'd also like to begin with Genesis chapter 11. I, we're going to be verses 1 through 9 in the Easy Read. I'm going to take some of this text is coming from the Easy Read and some is coming from the Amplified Bible. It says in verse 1, There was a time when the whole world spoke one language. Everyone used the same words. In verse 2 it says, Then the people began to move from the east. They found the plain in the land of Babylonian and stayed there to live. In the Amplified in verse 4 it says, And they said, Come, let us build us a city and a tower whose top reaches into the sky. And let us make a name. He said, let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered over the whole world. And it says, and the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, behold, won't you listen now? Write this verse down. You'll find it in Genesis 11, verse 6. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they have all one language, and this is only the beginning, the only beginning of what they will do. And now nothing they have imagined they can do will be impossible to them. Think about that. Nothing that these people could imagine would be impossible for them. And this is saying that you can't do anything unless you imagine it first. And if you can imagine it, you can do it. That's what God is saying here. Saints, you use your imagination every day, whether you realize it or not. You, ha you just have to imagine the right things instead of the negative things. This is what God is saying in verse 6. He said, nothing will be restrained from them that they have imagined to do. In verse 7, God said, Come, talking about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He said, Come, let us go down and confuse their language, and then they will not, and then they will not understand each other. So he had to come down and confuse the language so that they could no longer communicate, so that they would not be able to do everything that they imagined, because they could not work together. So it goes on to say that the people stopped building the city, and the Lord scattered them abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And that is why it's called Babel. I can remember my grandmother used to say all the time, you know, what are you, what, what are you babbling about? <laughs> I know you've probably heard that expression yourself. What are you babbling about? And I think maybe that's probably where it came from. You know, we've all been blessed with an imagination. We can't live without an imagination. It's a gift from God. Let me say that again. We cannot live without an imagination. We all have one. And it's either working for you or it's working against you. Amen. I'll say that again. You have an imagination. It's either working for you or it's working against you. God wants us to have dreams and visions that seem impossible. It would not be a dream or a vision if it was something you thought you could do. If you thought it was possible. But he wants us to have dreams and visions that seem impossible. Everything I'm doing tonight seemed impossible. Being here at New Harvest Church seemed impossible, but I'm here. Amen. Yeah. Praise God. It, it's important to have a vision because when you don't see it before you get it, people usually stop caring. So they, they really want it right away. 
and, and you don't have a vision of it. You've been prayed, maybe you prayed for it and asked God for it, but you really haven't done much thinking about it. You don't have a vision of it. You can't see it. You have to see it. You got to get it in your spirit. And then when you can see it and get it in your spirit, there's nothing you can't have, as long as it, as long as it lines up with God. What you know that God approves of it. He has to approve of it. But as long as he approves of it, there's nothing impossible. He said there's nothing impossible for him. Whatever area in your life that is dying, I believe it is because you have no vision. Because God said where there is no vision, people perish, according to Proverbs 29, 18. Saints, vision is most valuable. Vision is more valuable than money. I'm going to say that again. Vision is most valuable. Vision is more valuable than money. Because without vision, you're not going to get any money. <laughs> you have to be able to see yourself. You know, unless you can put yourself in that position to see yourself, you'll never get there. And you'll never get the other things that you're wanting. God wants us to become impossibility dreamers with big visions and have ideas about things that no one else has done. Do you hear what I'm saying? God has laid them aside for you to do. All we have to do, all we need is to have the faith the size of a mustard seed. And along with that, we need to have a vision. Matthew 17, 20. Jesus said, if you have, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, he said, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, he says, and it will move. And nothing, he says, will be impossible for you. In Ephesians 3.20, says, Our God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Where you are today may not be where you're supposed to stay. I say that again. Where you are today, regardless whether if it's in a relationship or your job or family, wherever it is, wherever you are today may not be where you're supposed to stay. I believe it is God's desire to let you rise above every plateau, break through every challenge, and achieve true success, which is to accomplish the plans that God has laid out for you. Are you hearing me? It says in Jeremiah 29, 11, in NIV, he says, I know the plans I have for you, announces the Lord. I want you to enjoy success. He said, I do not plan to harm you. He said, I will give you hope for the years to come. Praise God. Think about that. It's kind of like I was when I was living in the small town in Mount Olive and, and God was giving me all these dreams and visions that I'm now doing. And I brought my books along with me because I have other, I have other books, but I have, uh, I have all these. These were dreams and visions and these were things that the Lord spoke to me about the things that he wanted to do in my life. And, and I valued his words. And so I wrote them down. And as I'll say later on in the message, that when the Lord speaks to us, we must value, put value on the word of God. And we must take heed and write it down. And then we can, he'll, he'll speak things, you know, we can ask the Lord any question. You know, if you're having problems with anything, you just ask the Lord, you know, God, I really don't know what to do about this. Uh, I, I've tried this and I've tried that, but what, what do you think I ought to do, Lord? Which way should I go? Who should I speak to? Who, who do you think I can get the advice from? Who can lead me? You know, who can tell me what to do? And, and if you listen, God will tell you. 
and he'll bring someone across your path and he'll bring somebody to your memory. He'll, he'll bring, it might not be right then, it might be a few minutes later or the next day or whenever, but he'll bring it to you. He'll bring that person or thing, that part up to you so you'll know. Because I know he does, he does it all the time. But you know, I thought it was so amazing that when I was looking for this book in my office and we've been doing some little, little uh, rearranging, uh, decorating lately in the last years. So, and <laughs> so things have been put in different places. And so I was looking for my book. I call it my dream book. My books, my dream books. And this especially, this was my first one. So it's very important that I keep it because I like to go back periodically and look at it. And I couldn't find it. I looked, I looked high and low in every corner and everywhere. And I said, Lord, I really need my blue, little blue book. <laughs> and I couldn't find it. And I had this one container that sat there. I pulled out those drawers and I took each thing out and it was not there. And so I went, I went to the house and I came back because I work in my studios next door. And I went to the house and I came back and I said, well, I need to go back and we'll look one more time. And I said, Lord, I really need my blue book. And, and so I, I walked in and I pulled out the drawer and it was laying, both these books just laying on top. <laughs> and somebody would say, well, you might have just overlooked it. No, I did not overlook it. The Lord, I don't know how he did it. But my books were there because I needed it, or I thought I needed it. Well, you don't always, sometimes you think you might need something, but if it's not something good, God's going to help you with it. He has assigned angels to us. We've each been assigned an angel. And that angel's going to be with you until you leave to go home. And so he'll send, the Bible tells you in Hebrews, he sent ministering angels to minister to you. And so um, I'm saying a lot of things that's not in my notes, but that's okay. I give the Holy Spirit true permission to give, you know, speak whatever he wants to speak. I invite him to speak through me because he knows more about what you need to hear than I do. But I do know the importance of putting value on the Word of God and standing on that Word no matter what it looks like in the natural and no matter what you're working with. Even if you don't have the tools that you need at that particular time, you need to stand on what God's Word says no matter what. Amen. Are you hearing me? Yes. Praise God. You know, as I was saying before, I could choose to act on them, you know, the words that the Lord was giving me. I could choose to act on them or let them slip away from me. But I chose to act on them by writing them down and confessing them and getting a vision. Even... Even imagine speaking on the radio. I, I remember the first time the Lord put it in my spirit about speaking on the radio back in 2005, I think it was. Uh, and I didn't even own a tape recorder to record any messages. And these were thoughts that God was giving me. So I wrote them down. I wrote everything down because he said that, you know, I was going to be recording tapes. At that time it was tapes. It wasn't CDs because it was cassette tapes. I was going to be making, I was going to be making tapes. He gave me the title to my first book, which uh, I think y'all uh, had that to study guide in the book, The Weapons of a Warrior. That was the first title that the Lord gave me back in 2006. You know, so I, I hadn't even written the first word. And now I minister, and like Paul, I believe God. You have to believe God when he speaks to you. The word is him talking to you. That He is his word. And when you read that word, it's him talking to you. But you have to meditate on the word. It's like I said, like Paul, I, I do believe God and I, and I still do. And as we continue to increase our stations to over 252 stations, 
worldwide, not counting the, the vision that he's given me in 2016 about ministering to other countries where I now minister. I ministered in March to 25,000 people at the time in Pakistan and in June, um, I think before that, uh, 27,000, then 25, and then next month, 20, um, 40,000. And uh, Kevin works with me on this. <laughs> so they send us a link and uh, sit right there in my living room, or you can be wherever you want to. I sit in my living room. We do a lot of recordings here. And, and so I sit there and uh, they put a, you know, put a speaker there and they send us a link. We hook up and I can see the people and they can see me. And they put me on a big screen over there and I'm able to minister to them, you know, and speak words and pray over them. And they're receiving all kinds of miracles, you know, and they're healing in their bodies, you know, and spirits being delivered from evil spirits and just all kinds of things going on. Because God's word, there is no limit to God's word. There's no limit to what he can do. There, there is no distance between God and his word. I mean, there's no distance. I mean, and you, you don't even have to do it by video. You can pray for a person. You can send the word. Jesus sent the word. And as Jesus did, so can we do. And he sent the word. And the boy was healed that very same hour. And I've done it myself. Sent the word and had the person be healed. So you, you don't, you know, we just have to believe you can do it. God says you can do it. And if he says you can do it, we can do it. On a personal level, I also remember sitting on my sofa looking at an old window. I had just, my husband had passed away and I had downloaded to a smaller place that was really in bad shape, needed a lot of renovations. And, um, and so we was working on a little at the time. And so I was sitting on my sofa and I looked out this old window, which was like a mobile home window because I didn't know they were mobile home windows, but this house that I bought. And I would imagine a French door being there. I'd sit there on the sofa and I would imagine a French door being there. And then I began to imagine a deck being on the other side of the French doors. Palm trees in the front yard. I could see palm trees in the front yard. And, and I love palm trees and my yard is filled with them. As a matter of fact, I just added about four or five more palm trees in my yards last week. And I could go on and on with things that I got a vision for, even my first sports car, which was an S-type Jaguar. And, and my point is, your imagination is a powerful tool. It's a gift from God. He's given us this gift. The Hebrew word for yetzer is imagination. The word framed in the Hebrew means yetzer, Y-E-S-T-E-R. In other words, God framed the world with his word. And there's other translations in the Bible that means the same thing as the frame means the imagination. In other words, mean the same thing as imagination. God wants us to believe his word enough to, like I said before, to write it down. When he speaks them, he wants you to think big. He wants you to dream big, and he don't want you putting limits on him. You know, in Psalm 78, 41, he said they limited the Holy One of Israel. And you don't want to limit God. I don't want to limit God. For instance, what vision has God been giving me about my ministry, about increasing my ministry, taking it to another level, or about my family? What visions has he been given to you? God is always talking. But are you always listening? God said, I'm looking all around to find someone that will believe my words enough to mark them down. He says, I'm looking all around for someone that will believe my word and take it and value it enough to write it down. You may not have given this much thought, but the spoken word only lasts for a few moments. 
But when you write it down, it will live forever. Remember that. Friends, we are, we are now reading books that were written by people who are not here anymore. Even the Bible. Just think about that. Or how about when God called Moses up on the mountain to write the Ten Commandments? As I said in Proverbs 29:18, in King James, King James says, "Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he." Another translation in Proverbs 29:18, in the God Word translation, says, "Without prophetic vision, people run wild. But blessed are those who follow God's teachings." Hallelujah. In other words, having visions of what God wants for you and not for the end, not the enemy. Saints, it's even more important to have a clear vision of who God is. A lot of people don't have a clear vision of who God is, and this is a hindrance. It's a hindrance to your prayers. It's a hindrance to your life when you don't have a clear vision of who God is. It's, like I said, it's even more important. We have to understand that we serve El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. God was first called El Shaddai in Genesis 17, verse 1, which is translated God Almighty. El Shaddai means all-sufficient one. Hallelujah. We must have the right impression of our God and who He is. The sufficiency of the all-sufficient God, therefore, is the adequacy of the provisions of the Lord God Almighty that can never, never be exhausted or run dry. Praise God. He is the God who is more than enough to adequately handle all the needs of all His creations without running short of supply. Thank you, Lord. Remember, He never runs short. He always has ample supply of anything that you need. Praise the Lord. I find that most believers think that because they haven't done everything exactly right, because they've made a few mistakes, that God doesn't hear you anymore. But I'm here to tell you tonight, friends, that is not a good image of God. That's not a good image of our Father. So when you're not feeling good enough about yourself, your attention should turn to the only voice that matters in your life, and that's God's voice. When you're not feeling worthy or when you're not feeling these things, don't think highly of yourself. Just listen to the voice of God. Listen to that still, small voice, and you'll know that you matter. Hebrews 12, 2 said, Let God speak what is true into your life. And the truth is that you're somebody. The truth is, is that you're somebody because God made you. Actually, He created you in His image and His likeness. I believe some people think that God is just sitting up in heaven, taking note of every wrong thing that you do, but that too is not true. Now, He is sitting in the Psalm, book of Psalms. He does say He's sitting in the heavens laughing. But He's not laughing at you and me. He's laughing at all of those that think they know what they're doing. He's laughing at all the things that's going on now. Because see, they think they're in control. But we know that's not true. So he's laughing at them. But he is, on, he is, he is happy with you. And he's happy with me. And he's happy because we love him. And we serve him. And we worship him. We appreciate him. We acknowledge him. And so he's happy. Even if you make mistakes, he still loves you. It does not change how he feels about us. We became his children the day that you accepted his son Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And that never, God says he never changes. 
People change, but God said he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So he's not going to change how he feels. Your neighbor might feel changed the way she or he feels about you, but God will not change. The only way God would change his feelings toward you is if you rejected him and rejected Jesus. But he was not going to change. But that wouldn't mean he wouldn't probably still love you. Praise God. Also, many Christians still think that they have to beg and plead with God, but this is not true either. We are his children, according to his word, as I was just saying. He always hears us, and he's not withholding anything from us. He says those that seek him lack for no good thing. He tells you that over in Psalms 34, verse 10. As a matter of fact, let's go and read what it says. In 1 John 5, 14, in the God Word translation says, we are confident that God listens to us if we ask anything that has his approval, as I said earlier. We know that he listens to our request so that we know that we have what we ask him for. In Romans 8, 32, in the NIV says, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Praise God. His most precious gift, he sent down to earth to die for us. And would he withhold some little old material thing from you? No. No. I pray that you're beginning to get a true image of who, who our Father is and how he is not blaming you anymore. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Saints, I think one of the first things you all need to know is that the quality of your life will always depend on how well you know the Word of God. The quality of your life is going to depend on your knowledge of the Lord. Knowing the Word of God will give you a better image of who God is as well as help you to have a better image of yourself. And it's not only how much of the Word you know, it's how much of you practice. You can't just know the Word, but you have to practice the Word. Remember, you have to be a doer as well as a hearer. The Bible tells you this in James 1.22. We have to know what God's word says in order to know how he sees us, what his image of us is. God's image of us does not compare with how most of us see ourselves, and I'm so thankful for that. Because one time I didn't, you know, I know for a long, long time that my image of myself wasn't even close to how my father saw me. I imagined myself as a failure because of all the thoughts that the devil had given me and buying into all of his lies. He had convinced me in my early walk with him that before I found out the truth about his word that I couldn't teach God's word. But he kept reminding me of all, because the devil kept reminding me of all my past sins. He had me feeling so unworthy to even speak God's name. He, he played with my mind. That's Satan, he plays with your mind all the time, saints. And sometimes I felt like I was going to lose my mind. And I know if it had not been for the word of God, I surely would have lost my mind and I would not be standing up here today. As a matter of fact, when I lived in Brookneal, Virginia, when my husband was the city manager over there, uh, I was before he passed away and I remarried. And I'm so blessed that David, God put David and myself together 13 years ago this year, years ago this year. So we're very blessed, praise God. You know, the Lord, you know, he's always gonna look out for you. I was a widow for seven years. Right after I became a Christian, uh, the enemy had already been messing with my mind, but he started more, he, he doubled, you know, he just kind of doubled up after I became a Christian. 
and, and he just about took my mind. I mean, I was on so many uh, tranquilizers and stuff. I was like a walking zombie. I, I thought I really would lose my mind at one point. I really thought I wanted to die. But, and I was new, I was a new Christian. And even though I'd gone to church off and on all my life, as so many Christians do, I still did not know the Word of God. I just went to be going to say, I guess I went. And so I had nothing, but I had learned some, a few words, and I did know, and I, I didn't know I knew enough, but apparently I knew enough to listen to the Lord as He spoke to me, especially those those twelve months. I think it was like about the second year that I was born again. I had been going to this little church in Brookneal, and they'd been teaching the Word, and I'd been listening to the Word for the first time, I think. And and so I could hear His voice. And he could talk to me, and, and he began to tell me what to say and what to do. And so I began to say what the Lord told me to say and do what he told me to do. And gradually, I was able to get off all medication. Uh, here I am, sane as sound as it can be. <laughs> but I'm telling you, if the enemy had had his way, I wouldn't be here. But there's so many people that get in that state and the, the enemy starts playing with your mind and you start believing all that garbage that he keeps pumping into you. But none of it's true. All he's trying to do when you is to put the thoughts in your mind and then get you to open your mouth, which is, is like a key, as I was telling Sister Nora today. It's like the enemy's key, you know. When you open your mouth, if he can get you to say what he is putting in your, because you have thoughts and then they become words. So if he can get you to speak those words, then he can have access into your life. No matter what, you know, with your family or your job or whatever it is, he has access. You've given him access. You're the one that gave it to him. So a lot of people talk about the words you speak. Like I said, I teach a lot of that. The name of my ministry, speak the word ministry. Because the Lord impressed upon me the importance of the spoken word of God. And that that's the only way you're going to get anything is to speak it. Believe it in your heart, just like when you got born again in Romans 10. You believe it in your heart, and you speak it out of your mouth. And he, the Lord impressed upon me many years ago, Joe, that's how you're going to get everything else. You're going to believe it in your heart, and you're going to speak it out of your mouth. And so I just continued to believe what he told me. As Paul said when he was out on that water in the book of Acts, he said, I believe God. Yes. I believe it's going to be just like he said it's going to be. Yes. You know, and I believe that it's going to be just as God said it's going to be. You know, there's a lot of people that would like to challenge that, but that's okay. <laughs> as, as Sister Nora and I was saying this out there, you some people you talk about speaking the word, and they look at you like, well, you're crazy. Um, but that's all right. If it was, I, I would have been crazy if I hadn't been speaking it. <laughs> so, praise God. Listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit in me and his word about what he had to say about me and my image of myself began to change. The Lord taught me how to counter thoughts with his word and how to bring those lies he was feeding into captivity. Just like it tells us in, in 2 Corinthians 10, 5 where it says to bring every thought. He says we are human but we don't wage war as humans do. He said to bring every thought into captivity that exalts itself against the true knowledge of God. He said to lead every thought straight. You bring a thought into captivity, saints, by replacing it with the word of God and I'm sure that Pastor Roy has been teaching a lot on that. See, so, so when the devil would whisper in my ear and say, Joanne, you're not going to make it. 
that I was losing my mind. I would just open up my mouth and I'd say, Lord, I thank you that you have given me a Christ-like mind. The word says in 1 Corinthians, 2, uh, 2, uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 16, that he's given me a Christ-like mind. And I would say, my mind is my mind. My mind will always be active and productive. My mind will always be useful. And my mind will always be sound. Praise God. For God has given me a sound mind. Hallelujah. He said, I've given you, I did not give you a spirit of fear, but I've given you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. So not only did he give me a sound mind, but he gave me a spirit of power to go with it. And a spirit of love, which makes everything work. Love is what turns the wheel. Gas makes the car run, but love makes everything else run. Praise the Lord. And I can do all things with God that empowers me. I am not a loser, saints, and neither are you. I am a conqueror, and so are you. As a matter of fact, you and I are more than overcomers. Are you hearing me? All these things that the devil was whispering into my ears are lies. But you know, you have to know that the devil does nothing but tell lies. He's the deceiver. He's the father of lies. And so when he's lying, he's speaking something that comes natural to him. There's some people that lie so much that it comes natural. I've been around people like that. They don't know. They would know the truth if it hit them in the face. But that's because of the spirit that's on them. And we have to know that it's really not the person. It's the spirit that they have given access to and get in. You have to begin to imagine yourself the way our Heavenly Father sees us. And you get a different image of yourself. Probably, you know, getting a different image of myself probably saved my life. And I know I would not be ministering today if I had not gotten a different image of myself. I got this new image of who I am by renewing my mind on the Word of God. I renewed it according to, like it said in Romans uh, 12 too, it said, don't be conformed to this world, but to be you transformed by the renewing of your mind so you'll know what the perfect will of God is. And let me tell you this, Satan's sole intent in humans is, number one, to break down your minds, to break down their minds mentally, to break their souls your souls emotionally and psychologically and three to destroy their bodies your bodies physically and your spirits that's his sole intent and he's tried very hard to break me and he still does because satan never gives up if you think that he's going to give up you're wrong he's never going to give up but saints as you renew your mind on god's word the stronger you become the more you recognize the power and authority that God has given you, the more you're able to use the things that God has blessed us with, with, with uh, along with this powerful imagination. And, you know, God warned us about this in 1 Peter 5, 8. You know, he said, you know, to be aware of that old devil because he's roaming around like a roaring lion, you know. But like I said, it's like a roaring lion. We know that Jesus is the lion of Judah and that Satan is just only an imitation. Everything he does, he's imitating Jesus. He can't do it. He said, your opponent, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion for someone to devour. And I'm saying to you tonight, don't you be that someone. He tells us to withstand, knowing that what he's doing, he's also doing to other Christians too. And you should know this. He's not selective, saints. He, he, you know, in who he devours. He doesn't care how rich you are. He doesn't care how poor you are. He doesn't care what color your skin is or what denomination you are. The question is, how can we 
withstand him? How can we stay strong and how can we be immovable? Because he wants us, uh, that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to be strong. And the only way, the only way is by studying the word of God and know what he says and then follow his instructions. And then, and then do what he tells us in the book of James 1.22, where his word says, be a doers of the word. Obey the message, in other words. Obey the message. Obey the gospel. And not be merely listeners, betraying yourselves by reasoning contrary to the truth, and then use his word to counter what the devil says. You know, we have to understand that there are so many things that we need to understand uh, reading the Bible. Uh, a lot of us read the Bible. But we need to understand that we have to do more than read the Bible. Once we, we read the Bible, uh, we read, the, read a verse or two and then stop and meditate on those words you're reading. Just meditate. Meditate, is like it, it means kind of like begin to imagine what you're reading. Begin to see what, what, what you're reading. Begin to uh, become part of the Word and believe that what God is telling you when he says that you can do all things through him. Begin to meditate and realize I can do all things through him. You know, even raise the dead. You, if you meditate on it long enough, whatever you meditate on, begin to see yourself, begin to imagine yourself doing this or doing that. You can do it. You can do it. I imagine myself standing up here tonight you know, I imagine myself doing a lot of things, but a lot, what a lot of people don't understand is that I do a lot of praying and I do a lot of seeking the Lord before, during, and after messages, uh, putting them together, after, coming up, ministering, because the enemy would still been after me for days now, and especially, you know, even, I think it was uh, this morning, I was talking to David and I said, you know, I just get this weird feeling, you know, and, and that right there should be a signal. <laughs> You start getting these weird feelings that Satan is about to say something, you know. But he's been trying to make me feel like that what I have to say, nobody wants to hear. And, and, and try to do everything he can to convince me not to come. He's been trying to convince me for a long time now just to give up my ministry and just quit. Just quit it altogether. But what he doesn't understand, but the more he tries to convince me it, it, what is happening, the more the Lord is moving. You know, and, and the more people we're reaching worldwide, you know, and, and, and so he just, and he knows this, Satan knows that, you know, he, he's very subtle in some of the things that he does, but he's always subtle, but he does these things. He, he wants me, he wants me to get back to where I was when the Lord brought me out of it, like, you know, messing with my mind. He plays with our minds. And if he can get them, get those things in there. So what you have to do, the moment that he starts putting those thoughts into your mind about whatever that is that you're working on or doing, or that the enemy is trying to convince you that you can't do or you can't go or you whatever, then you need to go look in the Word and find where the Lord says you can, and get it out. In closing, let me say this: the only one, the only ones who get miracles are doers of the Word. They were the only ones. God wants you to use his word to put the devil under your feet, saints. As a matter of fact, I have a little booklet called Putting the Devil Under Your Feet. You know? And remember what God said in Genesis eleven six, 6, that nothing will be restrained from them 
that they have imagined to do, nothing they propose to do, he says, will be impossible. And especially those dreams and visions that the Lord has given you. Trust God's word and his promises. Remember that it doesn't matter what it looks like in the natural. If I had allowed the things that when the Lord was giving me all these things in my little, um, in my little vision book, dream book, if I had to let the enemy, and the Lord was giving me this, and I could make a choice to ignore it or, or just or whatever, but I did, and I chose to believe him. But if I had listened to him, I would have never been successful at anything. I would have never become the minister that he wanted me to be. I never would have been the chaplain at the prison. I would have never done that. He told me I couldn't do that because he told me I didn't have the qualifications. He said, you don't, I don't have those letters behind my name. But I told David the other day, I said, I didn't go to seminary, but the Holy Spirit taught me everything I need to know. And he still is my teacher. He teaches me every day. And there's a lot of people going to seminary and coming out and not being led by the Holy Spirit. And unless the Holy Spirit is teaching you, it doesn't matter how many PDFs or PDF, whatever you got, PhDs. I heard somebody say the other day, the PhD, they had a PhD. It was past having all doubts. So I... <laughs> So I guess you might say I have a PhD, you know, <laughs> past having all doubts. I, um, I have challenges the same as you do. It, it doesn't matter if you're a minister or what, whatever position the Lord gives you or things that he gives you to do. You're going to have challenges. But you're going to have to know that the Lord is not going to give you anything and he's not going to put a thought in your head that you can't do, that you're not capable of doing, even if you think that you can't. And I still battle with continuing the ministry is a struggle for me. But there's some things inside of you that forces you to just go on. And I'm looking for somebody now that has a vision, this kind of like the vision that I have for getting God's word out. To, to, to the people, to God said, you know, to get, you know, to go, you know, get the word out, sent, you know, into the gospel, to the nations. And so that's my goal. That's mine and David's gold, you know. And, and so I'm looking for someone that has a vision similar to mine that can take up the mantle when I'm no longer able to do it and, and I'm going home to be with the Lord, the ministry shall go on. And I'm looking for someone that can pick up the the mantle and just go on with it, you know. And, and so it's, um, I'm going to continue. Yes, it's a struggle. He didn't say it wouldn't be a struggle. He didn't say that you wouldn't be challenged. He didn't say you wouldn't have trials and tribulations. As a matter of fact, he says you would, dear. He said, but be a good cheer. He said, because I have overcome the world for you and everything you need, I have given it to you. And if you ain't got it, I can give it to you. And so keep reading and meditating on God's word and your faith will continue to increase. Meditate on that word until you can actually see yourself doing it and your visions will come to pass just like God said they would. And as I said at the very beginning of this message, most people think that because they have not done everything exactly right that God doesn't hear them. But hear me, you are his son you are his daughter, and he does hear you, he does love you, and he does care. He sees you as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. God says that he has a picture of me and you in the palm of both his hands. Yes. And believe me, saints, when I say it is not the same picture we have of ourselves, 
And I thank God that it's not. Hallelujah. You know, it's, it's amazing to me what the Lord can do with any, anybody that's willing to be a vessel. God is not looking for the highly educated. Uh, he wouldn't have chose me if he did. He's not looking for the wealthy. Uh, he's looking, you know, with the, that's got all the degrees and everything. Or somebody that's rich or poor, whatever. He's just looking for a willing vessel. And we're getting in these end days. We are in the end. We're not getting in. We are in these end days. And it is becoming more and more important that we get the word out, that we be doers of the word, that we be disciples and start discipling the people and, get, and getting them in the word. And that's one of the things that I want to continue doing as long as I have a breath left in me is to speak what God's word says. I believe what God tells me. And I want to act on what he tells me. My mind, my body, my flesh don't want, my flesh don't always want to do it. It don't want to act on it. But I'm going to act on it because greater is he that's in me. And greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. And he said you can do all things through Christ Jesus. And he, there's nothing impossible for him. Nothing. Praise God. Father God, I thank you so much for this word tonight. I thank you for the anointing. I thank you for the Holy Ghost. I thank you for your presence here tonight, Father God. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence here tonight. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for being our Lord and Savior. I thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. I thank you, Father, for sending Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, for sending the Holy Spirit. I thank you for all those that are listening to this word. I thank you, Lord, for loving all of us. Thank you for forgiving us of our sins. Thank you for washing them away with your blood. Thank you for making us new creatures in Christ. And thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we can. We are more than overcomers. And thank you, God, that you have made us overcomers and that we can do all things with you. And so, Father, I pray tonight that you will grant us all a new awareness. I pray that you will place on everyone listening tonight a spirit of awareness that they will be more aware of what's going on around them. They'll be more aware of the need of the people around them. Help them to see people with a different light and different eyes, Lord. Let them not be judging, judging and critical and criticizing, but be more loving toward that person. To recognize the need, be the love and person that God created us to be, Lord. Let us to be your hands more. Teach us how to be more loving and, and use and be your hands and your mouth and your feet, Lord, and bring the gospel to the world. And Father, again, we thank you tonight for this word, and thank you. We give you praise and we give you glory. For it's in Jesus' name we praise and we thank you. Amen.